0: Hello, 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 everyone. It is us, Kroko Radio, here for another issue of Nerd Blurred Excitement. Make sure you follow us on Pornography. Make sure you follow us (laughs) on Twitter at HelloKRKRadio. And it is me, your fabulous host, you know, the embassy, I'm sorry, emissary of uh, Table Nights, Just X Henry, and my fellow
1: co-host, Black Word. It's me, the presence of table dust. You know, they might tell you I have one specific job, but I have every goddamn job. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I run so many different aspects without art, history, and culture, and the law. What society? What society? Exactly. Thank you. Watch your mouths. You, you and your poets. Yes, what? me and my fucking poets. You know who was a poet? Hmm? Maya Angelou. Langston Hughes nancy hughes the most powerful homosexual in the world know your place know your role
2: okay
0: all right uh so much feeling there else today gia gun um also our regent who just is celebrating a birthday our Aquarius god we love him so much the peacemaker when god vante
2: we love you so, baby so-
0: What's up? Thank
2: you. Love you too. Table day in here, feeling good. Oh my goodness, we're getting close to thirty. Another year.
0: I'm excited. Wait, you not? Wait, wait, you still in your twenties? Mm-hmm.
2: What's okay, wrong okay with
0: that? Okay. Hold on, bitch. I'm, ooh, I'm sorry. See, 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 <laughs> the, see, see, see <laughs> the see the spirit of evil is inside. Okay, so like, not that you look old, cause you don't. But I just <laughs> thought from your, from your from your better behavioral skills than Steven that I would have. That's like, your that's patience and that. your, your calm,
3: patience. Your
0: patience and your calm. I would have thought you were like more closer to me and Showtime's age than to you know, you know Mother May I over here in the beanie. In the beanie.
1: <laughs> See what your biases get you. You know, I heard, yeah. I've
0: heard i that before, but no. First of all. First off, babe, hold on one second. There's no such thing as reverse ageism.
1: To you.
2: Oh, to you. But go. as we have read,
1: throughout Araco, you know, they hold certain contempt for the new, the lively, the vital, the viral. You know? And our final
3: host from um Table Dawn. <laughs> yes, our favorite. Yes. The <laughs> leg, I'm
0: sorry. Excuse, me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, and our final host, um, the Omega Top himself. The legend, um, the hereafter, uh, eternity and
3: infinity, Dr. Showtime. Act like I never left, bitch.
1: Mm. (laughs) Yesterday I heard how Showtime came in earlier today. It was Um, wonderful. Got me hot and bothered. I was like, oh my God. Steven over there with his poets
3: and his historians. Mm. And And I am the table of victory. The table of victory. All right. So we're clear.
0: There's a there's a there's diamonds between Stephen's legs. Doesn't what my Angelou said? A oh, gold mine, a, a milk farm. What you got between your legs? Uh,
2: there's right. a milk
0: farm. There's a milk farm between my
2: legs.
1: <laughs> Yo, that's why Angelou's documentary was her. Like, I didn't know so much about my Angelou when I watched her documentary. It's like, oh, you was a hoe just like me. I fuck with you. <laughs>
0: oh, mine was the, the mother of my here.
1: house. We, we need to really,
0: we, we need to really, what they really <coughs> need to do, somebody on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, y'all listening right now, go on Twitter, if y'all love us, y'all just saw the thread of all the sex work and all the sexual activities our civil rights leaders did, because everybody clearly talking about with a sexual past. I want the juice, I want the dirt, I want Martin Luther King, I want Rosa Parks, I want I want everyone, My Angelou, uh, Langston Hughes, Um, uh, I Water want... What
1: with fucking dick.
0: I know Bayard Rustin had a big old dick. I know he did.
1: I know he did.
0: I know he did. <laughs> I don't I know Bayard Rustin had a big old dick. And I know, and, and, and the way that James Baldwin's eyes should stick out, I know he had good pussy.
1: Listen, I know he listen. had good pussy. It's I the fact that this pussy. episode is going to drop during Black History Month. <laughs> and yep. we're all going to hell. It's great. <laughs> oh, we didn't even so, the ancestors we were going to do that anyway. Set. We right. were planning on it. What's heaven got to offer outside of warmth and happiness? Where's the drama in that, you know? Right, right. I'm a Capricorn. I was raised in Saturn. Let's go. Wow. Wow. So we're reviewing today Marauders Annual
0: Number One, X Men Number Seven, The 10 Deaths of Wolverine Number One, and a special treat Black Panther Number Three, aka Black Panther 200. And, uh, Chala
1: got his group back. Mm hmm. That's Netflix. what it is.
0: Fuck. But- you know, I'm reading Black Panther. I am sticking with this because this is actually a good book.
1: It really um, is.
0: I, I have I hold my critiques until later. But it, is, but it is but it is a great book. It is a great book.
1: I'm here I don't think it. I'm going to disagree with you on this one, Henry. Let's put a pen in that one. We're going to get back to yeah, it. Yeah,
0: it's a great book. Uh, okay, so um, up first, we are doing Marauders number one, annual number one, and that is going to be done by our... <sighs>
1: Showtime
3: wow, Um, that was a whole moan. Um,
0: Because somebody subtweeted me about me moaning in between uh, times that I talk on here. Um, I'm sorry. I was in the middle of having sex during the show and that's what happened. You're welcome.
1: You know people do that on TikTok? They do that. They're getting like their shit tossed in the middle of a live as they're reading a book. And they're doing their best. It's a whole thing. I'm writing about it later, but you know, I just want to point out that that shit happened.
0: You know, like you know, in that moment that it happened, it was exhilarating. Like it was, it was exhilarating, and it was just like I had my headphones on on mute. I was riding, riding dick, and it was good. I mean, sadly, me and that person no longer dating, but you know, it was great. I did enjoy that moment.
2: Okay, I appreciated
0: Henry Single ready to mingle. You got, you got I, a heavy penis. DM me. Just X Henry. Thanks.
3: I appreciate it that you shared that moment with us. You're welcome, sh- um <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Go ahead, showtime. Show. All right. Marauders Annual. <laughs> so the cover of Marauders Annual has DeKin, Psylocke, Kate Pride, and some new character that we will be introduced during this issue introduced to during this issue. So we open up with uh, DeKenn in Connecticut um, in a big-ass hole in the middle of a field wearing what looks like his Wolverine mask, sort of. It's very confusing why he's wearing a mask. Uh, But in this pit that he has dug, um, he discovers a mutant graveyard. So it is the uh, deceased, it is the decomposed bodies of the Morlocks um, in the middle of suburbia. And then while he is standing in this pit, um, it basically explodes what looks like either lava or melted uh, metal of some form all over him um, to sort of counter his um, ability to heal uh, because it's eating away at him faster than he's able to heal. Uh, And we uh, then pan over to Bishop and Kate Pride standing in front of the very fucking destroyed Marauder yacht um, and they're uh, discussing their plans moving forward with the Hellfire Club, um, what they're gonna do with the team that they're gonna build. Um, and then uh, it is suggested that uh, they just go steal um, Emma's uh, boat. Uh, so then they go to start recruiting their team. Kate Pride approaches uh, Quan and Psylocke to uh, join the team. Um, to sort of help her get past her grief. Uh, then they go, re- then Bishop, while she's doing that, Bishop is recruiting Tempo, um, who is on a date with, is this a date or is she just talking to a former teammate? I don't know. It's, it looks like a date to me. Um, she's on a date with a woman um, and she's sort of fast forwarding through uh, the conversation that, that she's having with her, um, using her powers just so that she doesn't have to actually listen to what they're talking about. Uh, Bishop comes through and is like, hey, girl, you want to join us? Let's get it popping. What's her name? Uh, Psylocke comes with Kate uh, to the boneyard, uh, to Dickens' room, to sort of figure out uh, any clues that may uh, lead them to where uh, he was last seen. Um, Then Tempo and Bishop are now trying to recruit Aurora, who is being a cop, as per usual, um, and uh, scaring off uh, humans that are are terrorizing people. Um, Then we do a, uh, we get to a data page that goes through the investigative report by Decan. He's following up on um, a tip from Carver the Morlock, who is living in Madripoor now, uh, to follow up with um, where uh, the Mo- the Morlocks were uh, buried after the mutant massacre. Um, um, but, uh, he very much so thinks it's a trap, um, but he has set up a memory flare uh, so that uh, Rachel, because I refuse to call her prestige, Emma or Psylocke, uh, can come in um, and uh, not be able to miss it so that they can uh, review what it was uh, that was going on there. Uh, we then go over to um, Sissy Bobby and uh, Christian Frost who are dancing at some party appearingly, um, uh, and we see Somnus, the first appearance of Somnus in an ongoing book um, at the party, um, and we discover that he is actually controlling uh, Sissy Bobby and uh, Christian Frost dreams while they are all three in a hot tub. Um, Kate and Aurora uh, in, then invite Somnus to join the new Marauders team. Um, and then he stands there basically with his dick out, um, showing off because he's um, apparently well endowed. Um, we get back over to DeKinn, who has been captured by... Um, some mysterious group of people and some big nigga who looks like a demon um, and they have him on an ex-crucifix, which is um, very racist and very triggering. Um, Brimstone Love is the demon thing that we are introduced to here, um, who is putting on a performance of sorts um, to try to rile up uh, the folks of this town into uh, hating mutants. and we see Carver is amongst them in the crowd. I don't remember what Carver's powers were, but we'll get back to that later. Um, we see uh, the new Marauders team that have all the people that I mentioned earlier um, have arrived at the, the uh, hole in the ground that uh, De Ken was at earlier that has since been covered up and that they use all of their powers um, to sort of... Uh, go back through and do the thing that X Factor used to be doing um, to investigate uh, what happened to DeKin because they were able to trace back his, um, trace back his uh, clues back to that location. Um, They, then we get back over to DeKin being, oh, okay, this is what Carver's powers are. This lets you know that I'm high and I'm forgetful. So we uh, get back over to Dekin and Carver is literally carving up uh, dekin using his powers um, and then assisting uh, Brimstone Love in uh, riling up the, cl- the uh, crowd uh, to want to see him uh, s- executed. Um, this big ass fucking demon nigga just keeps being ridiculous and stabs and cuts uh, dekin up being really bloody and violent um, and then... He's there. Um, their issue is, fuck. They want to condition um, the crowd into um, following with uh, this bullshit that he's got going on. Uh, then, out of the sky, to me, my X Men, um, which the X Men be jumping niggas. I don't know if y'all knew that. They really be jumping niggas. Um, the whole new Marauders team uh, comes down from the sky and helps save Dekin. They end up uh, defeating this big demon nigger, uh, Brimstone Love, um, who goes one on one against Kate Pride, who just absorbs all his attacks, um, and then they all essentially jump him, freeing Dekin in the process, um, and Dekin ends up. Uh, slicing off one of his horns um, and then he teleports himself the fuck up out of there by um, open, or he gets himself up out of there by opening a hole in the ground um, that they all fall into um, but they end up escaping that and um, who the fuck is this wonder Um, and then we see a um, correspondence from uh, Bridgestone Love to a friend and fellow Judas, so another traitor, um, having a conversation about how mutants and humans can work together, um, and that they, um, they they are trying to utilize the Morlock bodies in some sort of way, um, and that the true costs there will be blood, the true cost of Xavier's love. Um, because we all know that Xavier is trash, um, and then we get to the end of the book, where um, or towards the end of the book, where the new Marauders team is standing in front of their newly christened boat that they are uh, air quotes borrowing from Emma, um, and then we get the three monarchs, or no longer monarchs, because Emma and Sebastian step down. But we see um, Kate, Emma, and Sebastian meeting together uh, that uh, there is a Mysterium box that uh, was locked from the inside that, uh, came, that came into Emma's possession. She hands it to uh, Kate to open because her powers would uniquely allow her to open it. She opens it and it is essentially a treasure map that she wrote for herself that she sent back in time somehow. Um, and then we see, I'm sorry, we see that, um, That is going to be the introduction of the new Marauders one that starts in April. Um, Questions, comments, concerns? Mostly rude comments. So let's get to those.
1: Do you think Iceman, Sissy Bobby is into group play like we all think he is? And is Somnus just running trains? Yes. Okay. So that was definitely what that Mm -hmm. situation was. He was... uh, he was, um, he was definitely in the middle of the Eiffel Tower situation. Um, wow, yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: Sissy Bobby and Christian Frost living.
3: are, um, swingers, and they have an open relationship. Um, they fully allow each other to engage with outside parties. I'm with it. Um.
0: I like the new team. Uh, uh, I think everybody's cute. Um, I will say two things: Brimstone Love is an old character that is not in usual X-Men canon. He is mm-hmm. actually from X-Men 2099. Um, if mm-hmm. you actually Google Brimstone Love, he has he has a comic history going back to the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. But when I saw him in Marauders, I was like, huh. And now I have questions: Is if his character is is an eternal mutant? What external mutant-like apocalypse and the rest of them, because he lives for a very long time and sirens a bunch of children. So I don't know, and the Theater Pain thing is a whole thing in the future and everything, so like, he's a big deal in X-Men 2099. He's like their main antagonist, so this is strange seeing him now. Um, I'm also wondering if that Mysterium box that Kate Pryde got was, was one of those things that Emma picked up during the Hellfire Gala, because we still don't know what she picked up then. And the box says we- pride on the outside
1: of it. And Kirkowan. So it's a thing that Mystique um bribed Emma with to get her to vote yes for destiny.
2: Oh.
1: Well, we never saw it, but I thought it was too. Also the Mysterium box was what was inside the contents. Because it was like the civilization is like really old, right? That they got it from. And they said yeah. this box is two billion years old. They're they they're probably gonna explain that soon. Like probably get that the first issue of Marauders, hopefully. Um, but you never know with the time the chronology situation when they explain shit. Just like you know, as we we're about to see with some other comics today, they're taking their time with explaining what happened when. Um, I do enjoy it. It kind of makes it hard to speculate sometimes um and call shit a plot hole when they clearly just are taking their time with shit. But we'll see. Yeah I guess we'll see because I'm really
0: curious. Um Hope this isn't the last time we see Brimstone Love. Um here because he has a great power set. Um he's basically a uh I believe a power kinetic, a geokinetic, and something else.
1: He has a power and, and sinister you know, ge- did not they call him a
0: geomancer or something? Yeah, yeah, because he can control uh he's basically like magma but not in the same way.
1: Yeah, I, he's magma like, but impressive.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> impressive is really, yeah, really, yeah. So can we us that we've seen that mm. power set? But even like magma has that power set. But even the one dude storm fought in the uh, circle perilous is still more impressive than magma. <laughs> so what's his name? Volcanus or something? i
3: do not know, She killed
1: him. So now it's dead. Did she kill him? I don't think she killed him. I think he surrendered. He surrendered. Yeah, she didn't kill anyone I, in the circle. I think she just flash freeze him. I don't think she I don't know if she killed him. That just kills flat skins. It wouldn't kill an Iraqi, you know. That's why she likes a so much.
2: <laughs> I still want to know what's going on with all this betrayal on Cocoa, because this is this is getting out of control. This is like the ninth person, the ninth mutant.
3: And three of, sloppy, of them sit you know? on the council.
1: Listen, no, it's even, a lot not of drama. Just
3: three? It's like five of them
1: on the council. God damn! It's giving a lot of drama. That's why we stay in Morocco. Just too like much. Storm, it's too much. It's too mm-hmm. much. We'll stay up here on Morocco
3: because looks real ghetto over there on Earth. Truly,
1: truly ghetto. Yeah, very um, ghetto. But Marauders wasn't that impressive to me, honestly, this week. It was some interesting concepts. When I found out he was an older character from 2099, I was more impressed because I feel like they don't lean into 2099 as much as they should.
0: Lateral. Uh, kind of,
1: but not even just across the X Men landscape of what they're talking about in those stories, but also for me, it's um, the new Sorcerer Supreme for that world, like the teen girl with the, uh, the bandana and shit. Like I liked her as a character. They never used her for anything. Um, that I think they should. We see Miguel every fucking where. He's never going to stop popping up. But I'm like, so many different aspects of 2099. It's not even discussed as a mutant future as much as, like, say, a days of futures past might be, or Age of Apocalypse might be, or Age of X-Men might be. Yeah, they really here. And I'm sorry.
3: Go ahead. I, I'm going to be honest here and say that I have not read really anything that is 2099 related. So I had no idea who this nigga was.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna
3: have to decide
0: with uh Showtime on that because I've seen it. I've never read it. The 2099 characters were were not legacy X Men characters like you may see. Like you may like like they were legacy in, in the so like 2099 characters are all like legacy of the six one six characters, but not exactly directly them. So like like Spider Man 2099 is the most popular. Of all the 2099 characters Mm -hmm. but the doom and the fantastic four in the 2099 series were 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 from the 616 directly like they were time travel so like the x-men of 2099 like you didn't see any other x-men that was familiar to the x-men they were all brand new completely and they introduced black characters too so Mm -hmm. like like crystal because crystalline was that girl um there is a short um, thing involving them in X Men Blue, I think from issue like fifteen to nineteen or something. But mm-hmm. in that in that future, it's an alternate timeline of twenty ninety nine. But I used to read them hardcore. Like I was a big fan. They had another book, X Nation twenty ninety nine, about like a Generation X type of team. I, I was a big fan of them back in the day. Um, they had some really great stories.
1: Um was like, like them. And also, I forget the name of it, but it's like the, it's the series, it's like the run that's very similar to 2099, but only like about 20 or so years in the future, um, where Mary uh, Parker was, May Parker was Spider-Woman. Yeah, the uh, the MC two,
0: the MC2 universe.
1: And it had Frederick, um, actually Franklin Richards was a main character there. He was like a love interest for May Parker. She wanted a little bit of that mutant, you know, back when he was still a mutant, but he was like, Scylore was his code name and shit, and he's part of the Fantastic Four. Um, But that entire series, that entire run, there was also like, mutants heavily impacted and heavily involved, but I don't think they did anything in terms of mutants are hated and feared. They were just superheroes now. Right. Um, So one of the more positive imaginations of, like, the future of what mutants will be. Right. But on Uh, a scale of, like, uh, to me, on a scale of, like, 2099, of, of, like, the best possible future towards, like, Something on the level of age of apocalypse where you're like, oh, you gotta talk about age of apocalypse. That's like one of the best shit you can ever read. Right. It wasn't giving as much to me, but I think it's the age gap for me that was like stopping it from being great, great to me.
0: Yeah, like I feel like they don't give 2099 the love it deserved. Cause it, it went on for a really long time. It wasn't like it was mm-hmm. just like a like it, it was like it was almost tantamount. You know what? I think you agreed with me on this black word. It was almost tantamount to the ultimate universe. That's how long it was yeah. around.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like it doesn't look like it when you look at just the individual issues. Cause like for some right. reason, like sometimes a cognitive dissonance happens when you look at comics after they finish their run. You're like, oh, it's only like 10 issues. I was like, that's a long time for a comic to be running. Um, right. especially when you have multiple series that all they didn't really tie into each other, but they circulated around one another. The ultimate comics went on for mad fucking long. Um, and so yeah, definitely it was giving, I would say the ultimate universe is, like, the best example of that, though, and 2099 was, I think 2099 had to happen for ultimates to happen. Right. Because
0: I want to say, I'm looking now, uh, yeah. because, like, um, X-Men 2099, the, the series ran for three years, so that's a that's at least uh, uh, what, 30, 36 issues? That's really good for, mm-hmm. you know, for a comic back then, you know, comics were just like, you know, it wasn't like social media things like that. Like people were actually reading the shit. Like it was really good. So
1: I'm really you know shocked what? that it... we're going to do a circuit party about 2099 eventually because I think it's worth it with the new context of the information we're getting uh, to discuss 2099. So uh, Showtime, you got homework. Brush up, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was it was really good. But they don't get they don't get the love like other like alternate timelines of the x-men get and i think because when you go back and read it there are no x-men from our timeline featured in it at all like not at all it's all brand new characters great abilities though great ability ability some similarities to the current x-men but like nothing completely like the x-men yes. even they had like a they had a depth in the first few issues too which made it even much more interesting
1: yeah, you know, they were definitely giving like Academy X in terms of like right. the spotlight characters of Academy X superpower list when it's just, like their powers in the moment is like they're clearly doing like a thing where they've tailored their scaled back a bit, but it's still feasible that they function as X-Men. Unlike, you know, pre-Academy X where those new mutants were just popping up and they had the power like one dude had the power to make his voice appear at different places, another dude had the power to make rain. It was like some stupid shit. But then Academy X happened and made Mutants like, okay, now I see why you're on the team in the first place. Right.
0: And they were led by two Asians. That was the other thing that was dope, too. They had two Asian League characters. And her name was actually Cerebra. She was the first Cerebra, actually, in comic history.
2: And she was yeah, a telepath. See, yeah, I think that's going to be another binge read for me because I kind of like the whole uh, time travel. Well, not time travel,
0: but, like, time-related type of thing.
2: I'm going to get a read.
0: Because, like, some months ago, Marvel did 2099 alternate covers, and I think you probably can search them online to mm-hmm. see some of the characters. Um, yeah, I know they did one for the Fantastic Four. I saw that one.
2: Right.
0: Um, but Spider Man 2099 is the only one that's actually gotten outside of 2099 and actually done well. Everybody else has kind of just been like in the ether. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they made sure to connect Miguel to Peter. And Alchemex is, they talk about X now in Spider-Man, but it's because of 2019. Alchemax was the, was the, was the, um, song of the future. Something like that, yeah. I don't know. Pretty, but anyhow, true, true. we can skip Our, on ahead. I'm all right. Of... All right. Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, baby. Thank you. I love being, being told I can talk whenever I want. Um, now that I have free reign of the podcast. Hey, y'all. There's going to be some changes around here. All right, no. We're gonna Somebody about- hit <laughs> mute on his microphone. Please. You can't mute me. I control the Zoom, baby. <laughs> all right, so let's get oh, into some God, X-Men. Let's get into some drama of X, you know, the next phase of the X-Men franchise. So we begin in New Jersey, of all places. Um, as the doctor, the good doctor who serves, you know, he got a new fit, so he's feeling himself. He's feeling his oats. And now he has a bunch of mutated, experimented um, beasts that he is talking to. Um, All of them have been genetically modified because, as we have now learned, monster hybrid animals are the go-to tool for admonishing the X-Men. They lose against them every single time. It's magic and now also mutant animals that beat the X-Men's ass. Um, So... In the Doom, so he highlights how this is going to be a photographic moment for human history. Um, and so he has all the animals pose, take pictures. He's, like, you know, girl bossing his way through a toast. And then as soon as all the animals drink that fluid, they turn into hyper-meta-human-animal-mutant hybrids. They turn red, they start breathing fire. It gives, It goes live. Um, then we get the aftermath first because, you know, the X-Men love a chronological storytelling. Um, Emma brings back Cyclops and you get a little intimate moment between the two of them where Emma is like you can't go back to the X-Men you died in a very public very dramatic manner this is no way that we can undo this um, and Cyclops is like girl you bullshitting I'm out you know Cyclops is very much a black man I'm sorry someone said it on the timeline before he gives black energy he'd be hanging around sync too much he's giving like he might shave his head real, real low like a fade and give himself a beard Gets up a turtleneck and a black and a gold chain and like that's just what he's going to do. Um, Emma highlights and calls Mr. Carnation and Forge in, in so they can build him a new suit. They're about to introduce Captain Krakoa as a replacement for who um, Cyclops is about to do. Cyclops is not the person who's going to sit down and just not fight for the mutant kind, not fight as the X-Men. As we learn later on when he is asked what was the thing he said in his pitch to join the X-Men, he basically just put his dick not only on the table, but on the gala floor, let it unravel, let it wrap around the planet-sized X-Men issue itself. And he said, I am the X-Men. That's all he had to say, and clearly he was right. Um, We get a flashback to the subways of Manhattan, where the monsters are going buck shit crazy wild, attacking anyone and everyone, Um, including one particular Black man who looks really fine. It's in the corner screaming run. Um, the X Men come in and distinguishly, like very, very specifically, it's only four of them. We got Sink, we got our favorite mutant Sunfire, we got Wolverine, and we got Psych himself. Now, as soon as they land, they leap right into the shit. Uh, immediately, Psycho highlights this clip because they have so little of the X Men with them that there is no time for them to pull punches. And so he says, None of them are beyond, get beyond us. And now, because we're shorthanded, I'm going to swing the big stick, which means that he pulled out his dick. In um, doing so, he activates optic blast that has one of the most bombastic displays of his power since AVX, um, or at least post AVX. Um, he does this really neat trick where he reminds everyone that his power also gives him an innate geometrical knowledge of where to fire and how his power is a shit. So he fires one blast, bounces off one mutant, goes into a stoplight, becomes like a magnifying glass, turns into three separate beams, that then bounced off of three separate individual monsters that then hit about every other monster in his sight. So he hits, with one shot, at least uh, seven different monsters. Um, And it is the most impressive shit I think I've ever seen Cyclops do. I think a lot of people have said that they're really tired of seeing Cyclops just do nothing but shoot laser beams. And this is one of the moments where I'm like, I want to see more of this from him. Um, we go from that in the blink of an eye. He changes the course of the battle um, to us seeing Sink swing on in from a vine, um, and then he starts talking about the aforementioned um, situation where Ewing, or I'm sorry, Duggan, highlights his knowledge of black culture by having Sink says, "But where is the where where? But where was the lie in regards to Cyclops saying I am the X Men? He highlights how kind of sanctimonious it was for him to say that." But truthfully, it is the most accurate statement. There is no X-Men, really, without two people, one of them being Cyclops and the other one being Storm. Um, So we go from there to watching Wolverine square up against a orangutan monster. Um, But instead of killing it, she just screams at it and tells it to go away. And it does, because it respects the higher predator in the hierarchy. Um, The kid tells them you should have killed it. Um, And then she just looks at him and says, how about you do your own killing? And I really respect Laura for seeing that answer because I'm really happy as far as, far as she's gotten from her X 23 days to now, where she just doesn't want to kill people if she can help it. Um, from there, we get a close up glimpse of Dr. Stasis kind of monitoring the situation. We haven't seen his face, but I'm willing to bet I know who Dr. Stasis is based off of old X Men comments. Um, I have my theories, won't wait on that for a little bit. Hero goes up at the monsters and he wants to cut his shit because Sunfire wants to play too. He just got his ass beat by Phalong, so you know he's feeling a little, a little slighted. Fires off a fire blast and he doesn't know that these creatures have been modified to directly counter his ability. So when his fire meets them, they erupt into a larger flame, even though he didn't hit them that hard. Um, And it consumes the entire project building, which is another moment I want to say, I feel like as the x was reaching into national news, not just in New York with that fire of the apartment complex, but also in Philadelphia, um, there has been two wildfires that broke out and killed many people tragically. Um, Either that's one of the accidental thing with Duggan or intentional, but so far, as we've learned with the X-Men run, there are some intentional, straight from the headlines moments that they pull from. Um, so we go from that to Sink and Sunfire linking up. In um, the moment when I saw this, I thought that Sync was tapping into Sunfire's power because that's the most obvious thing to see happen here. Um, if the building's on fire, you would think Sunfire is going to use its ability to absorb the heat or something. No. In this moment, his eyes turn pink. He gets a pink aura, which is traditionally associated with Jean Grey's telekinesis. Um, and in one moment they divide. Shiro goes and rescues the aforementioned civilians in the building and and Sink actually consumes every loose strand of flame, forms it into a dome and extinguishes it in one one moment and then in typical Jean Grey fashion, because you know Sink doesn't just get their powers, he gets their weaknesses. He faints. Quite literally exactly like she does in X-Men the animated series. Duggan, you are a troll. Thank you um he says while well, writing that he passes out think he doesn't say scott's name which i'm going to criticize duggan for he should say scott and then pass out that's how that works but you know i'm just an expert like that um and then with that the monkey tiger thing attacks a baby uh, snatches out the stroller from a white woman that's not what you do that's how you get charges pressed against you um, Cyclops steps forward Um, he says never will he step out of the way of anyone in danger he says gently hand over the baby and then the tiger says when the pup catch Cyclops being the hero that he is because he's not a cop he's a civil servant fuck you Captain America catches the baby and takes the blow so that the baby doesn't have to Um, he starts bleeding profusely and he falls to the ground and from there Dr. Stacey steps in lets him know the wound isn't fatal and then he splits his throat so that it is Um, He tells Cyclops exactly where to find him because he's testing the limits of the resurrection protocols. And Cyclops then dies, and he forgets everything. And then from there, Jarnbo Carnation and Forge declare from their votes that now um, Captain Kirkrow must exist if Cyclops was to return to the team. Um, And then Cyclops surveys the council, and they're ruling over the X-Men, even though that's the exact opposite of what they've ever intended to happen. Um, it states for the first time that they now have enemies of the council. They have a war on two fronts against the outside world, against Karkoa's leading body itself. Um, and then we get a shot of Jean asking if he would imply that she would wipe someone's memory in that manner. Um, I don't know why she's acting surprised. That is definitely something she would do. That's not like a far-stricken thing. I know she prefers to steal information from people's heads, but, you know, let's be honest about the shit that she's done in the past. From there, we get a no, it's quite clear he's talking about Emma Frost, and there seems to be, like, a us versus them situation, which I know is not good for their relationship. Um, And Dr. Stasis then steps forward, surveys his actions, and then we get the medical report based on SightSync's mutant gift, which now puts him where Storm used to be as a potential Omega level mutant. Um, And then, likewise, they talk about the communication as a cornerstone of of evolution and the AIR program, which is a bit of, of... kind of human-esque mutant circuit meets tech situation as they put portions of Xavier's brain into domes within satellites so that they can create a communication network between Araco and Kokoa that is accessed and facilitated by the the telepath, I think they call it, the telepath core in um Kokoa, ran and headed by Gene Gray. And then we get to the end of what is a ten out of ten issue from Duggan and the X Men staff. Thank you. Thoughts, concerns, accusations, um, ideas, um, hot and horny expressions. Um. So I really think Doctor Stasis is
3: uh, what is that guy's name? That um, high evolutionary. No, it's, he he gives high evolutionary tees with his costume, but it's the the gorilla something guy oh fuck i wish i remembered his name um but he's a shorter genius guy um that would experiment on animals specifically um god damn i don't remember his name now
0: like from Um, DC comics
3: is that who i'm thinking of am i confused Also
0: also humanite no okay i don't know that channel
3: the, mm. for a while when I was looking up okay so who are the smart people in Marvel he would show up on those lists and I don't remember the nigga's name so that, I guess I don't remember the nigga's name mm. um, <laughs> yeah this um, telepathic communication network they are really absolutely trying to set up wholly different ways of a society existing that don't I like that. Mm-hmm. That don't coincide with how we see things in the real world, um, and I like the imagination and the creativity that they're doing to sort of set that up. I very much so see this um, telepathic network being incredibly hackable by a bunch of different species off planet, but you know, we'll Have see fun. how it goes. Right. Um, and very easy corruptible by a uh, telepathic mutant who may have who may not have the best of intentions.
0: Yep, yep. I think
1: you know, like, I, think, I think the setup is definitely going to stop. I'm I like because Cassandra it, Nova it, it, being one of them. I'm gonna say the Eternals are going to do it. Um, and What's not just me that? because I'm not saying me as like an Eternal stand, but I'm saying Druid is one of the only telepaths I know. Who have done some like ridiculous shit with telepathy that could actually not challenge gene, but could be like, this is a situation I can hack. Um, especially because your entire species is telepathic, right? And so if you have an entire race of high-order telepaths, and those are the people who are in the most immediate proximity, but also immediate threat, I could foresee like the situation that's coming up, that being an obstacle that they abuse is basically a. What's it called when you have, like, fucking multiple, like, extension cords, like, linked up, and you're not supposed to do that in art as a when you live on housing and uh, colleges and shit? Like
2: a power um, strip?
1: Yeah, it's like a power strip, and you plug it into a wall, but you make multiple of them together. Dumb? It's dumb. It's hella flammable. You can die from that. It's not like it's a small percent chance. That's like a double-digit odd of that shit short circuiting, burning down your house. But people do it. But that's basically what's going on there is that you have basically a hopscotched version of the most powerful brain on the planet capable of facilitating some shit like that, and like eight satellites across the board. Druid can hack that. Druid is like the highest order telepath in the entire Eternals race. He can do that. So I would
2: also sorry. I, I would also think that they would know better considering the fact that Xavier's brain has been stolen before. Right by right. Skull. so mm-hmm. I figured that they would take some other type of measure. Even if they wanted to come up with some type of telepathic network Defense. to communicate, it it just seems way too open and, like you said, easy to easy to like hack and shit like that.
1: I like, think that, what I think is going to happen when they do that is I do foresee them bringing back the firewall, which I'm not sure if anyone um knows about that. Remembers that from the Skrull invasion. When like Emma Frost herself and all the Steppards went up against the Skrull telepaths. And they they did this thing where they oh, every telepath in the race of the scrolls creates this, this wall around the telepathic infrastructure of their race. And so when anyone tries to go up against them, there's a telepath in their species, they have to fight the totality of the telepaths that exist. And Emma Frost died when she was doing that. She straight up died. And then like the Steppards had to keep her body. Alive through their telepathy as she burrows a hole from the other side of the center of the firewall out. It was like a whole situation. But I'm like, if Emma Frost could do that, I can see Gene Gray doing something bigger. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, entire race of telepaths, like the Eternals. I'm like, that's going to be an issue. Um, it's an interesting idea, though. I really am, I really do fuck with it. Who i think Dr. Stasis is, is... I'm not sure if anyone remembers this dude from Astonishing X-Men, especially from the Satan that is Josh Wheaton's run, but he didn't make him. His name is Kaga, or Kaga, and he created the Biosentinals. Hmm.
3: Uh-huh.
1: He was the dude who was born a quote-unquote mutant, but he wasn't an actual, like, X-G mutant. He was, like, a descendant of the bombing of Hiroshima. And so he...
0: Oh, like an like Agent Orange mutant.
1: Yeah, so he's, like, legitimately, like, I was born with mutations. I wasn't born with an X-Gene. And he talked about, like, his resentment of the X-Men being is that he thought, like, when he heard about the X-Men all being mutants, he thought, like, finally representation, finally people who understand and get me. He's had nothing but disadvantages all his life from his disabilities caused by the mutation. Um, He has no powers. There's no abilities. He's just is, he's wheelchair-ridden, so he's entirely intelligent. He's highly intelligent because he had to be. That he found out and met the X Men, he's like, "You guys are a bunch of pretty white people, um, with your able bodies, and like you have all this destructive power. Like, how dare you?" And he's jealous. Um, it's his whole thing. But he's a biological genius. Um, mm-hmm. and he terrorized. He beat the X Men's ass like up and down. Um, the the
3: name of the guy that I was thinking of earlier is Red Ghost. But hmm. I
2: mean, he's a Fantastic Four villain, isn't he?
3: Yes, he is. But half the damn villains started as uh, Fantastic Four villains anyway, high evolutionary is one of
0: them. True, true. Well, okay, so uh I was about to say, um Doctor Stasis is a really fucked up individual because he's a methodical villain, and for him to actually go like like Doctor Stasis is giving me Bat- Batman level like actual critical thinking because like to set up Cyclops' death to make sure that he's out of the picture. Um, I think that is like immense genius, but like I do love the fact that on the other side of this, that now that Sync is finally being rumored to be. A mega level mutant, and he just like I'm that girl, but I ain't sitting no doctor's office y'all to tell me. But I do love that Cecilia Reyes is the one who's behind like classifications that a black woman is telling y'all y'all were, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what else was there in this issue that was really good? Um, cause the team, I do, I am aware the team splitting. I remember they said that in the last issue I think that they were splitting up and going to in two different directions. Jean needed to go to Mars for Araco and Cyclops is going to stay on Earth. Um, but, I, but like, I, to me, as Dr. Stasis, it seems like, a, like a, a high evolutionary ripoff, like the mutant animals, like he has. It's like, you know, high evolutionary, hope you're suing, hope Lumis is at your door with the subpoena. Like, I just, I, I, I'm here for Dr. Stasis. Dr. Stasis is villainy, but I just don't like the likeness to the high evolutionary. I think that's just kind of weird to me.
1: For me, he's giving um, I, Power I Ranger, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's like oh he's, he's like, he's like, a real super villain. Like, I like that. Like, he's not like, like, like a, I mean, of course, it's like the social political thing, that angle, but like, he's like a real, like, I'm like, oh, since you're dead, I'm gonna make sure you're dead for sure. And I'm gonna tell you where I met. Come to my house, is where I live. But if you don't remember that, oh. I yeah, I love it.
1: I like him. I do, I'm like, I double down. I just looked up Kaga's Wikipedia page again, just to refresh myself, of all the shit he does. His whole thing is literally bioengineering monsters. That's this whole thing. is just bioengineering mo- monsters. So I really double down. I'm going to double down on it and say that he is deaf. Dr. Stasis is definitely Kaga. Especially because they have such a penchant now for um, returning old villains that kind of got thrown away. Mm-hmm. So Kaga never died. He never got... Wolverine just beat his ass because he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You killed so many people. Um... But essentially, he's just out there right now. He made, like, genetic hybrids of Krakoa and broods. He's made classical broods. He's made broods with super inhuman, uh, induced abilities from Man-Thing to the Juggernaut. Like, he's done a bunch of shit so that even working with the High Evolutionary, it makes sense, but it also makes sense why they're hiding his face um, in general.
2: Mm.
3: Mm. as long as it's not another fucking version of Kang even though I love Kang as a character stop giving us 800 different versions of Kang please right this is true
0: so uh we can slide it over to the next lovely book oh which is me Hello, mm-hmm. it's me. Mm-hmm. So we are I'm about to do uh, you know, the ten deaths of Wolverine. This is gonna be great. This is gonna be lovely. All right, so here we go. Ten deaths of Wolverine. I like the shout out would say that this is not an this is not a Wolverine book. This is lovely. So it opens up with oh, I'm sorry, it's wrong, loud and wrong. It opens up with more Metagra, freshly running through the gate right after uh Inferno when she's escaping from Mystique. More um, is running and running for her life. She's just like, I get the fuck away from here. Mystique is trying to kill me. I don't know what's going on. And they throw her in, and they basically send her through a gate that ends up uh, putting her in Scotland. She's in Scotland. She uh, is running for her life. She runs into a truck and she hijacks this truck from this guy. And she drives herself all the way to Kenrose Keep or Kenrose Estate. Yeah, Ken Estate where basically her life started she finds the irony of like you know her end is her beginning um she starts coughing and she looks down she's coughed blood into her hand and she's not really sure what exactly is going on um uh we cut to a data page of something that we can skip um and uh, then we then we switch over to the, the the Green Lagoon with Black Tom Cassidy, and Black Tom Cassidy like, something is wrong, child. Like, something is wrong. I don't know what's wrong, but something's wrong. I, I can't figure it. And, and it's like, something's wrong with my drink. And Blob like, sis, nobody fuck up your drink, sis. I've been doing this shit for 22 years. You can't tell me I to make a good fucking drink. Look at me, bitch. You're like, I know how to make a drink. I don't make a drink. Cut it out. But then he realizes that it's something with Krakoa, so he runs outside to check and see what's going on, and like, you know, shit is moving. He's just like, you know, Cacola does some wild shit of moving some shit around from time to time, but generally it's never this crazy. When something is really going on, and out of the ground comes this this rock formation covered in this green goo, and no one knows what it is. So we switch back to Mora. Mora's in the hospital, um, with Jane Foster, and finds that Mora has cancer all of a sudden, which I find really interesting and really sad at the same time for her to lose her abilities, for her to just get cancer. And I think it's really strange that all the lives that she lives, she's never dealt with a ca- cancer diagnosis. So I could probably surmise that her abilities were, were also giving her um, an increased immune system where she wouldn't get sick in that parameter. Um, so Jane Foster, trying Tendermore, tell her what's going on. Nurse walks in and she's like, you know, um, I'll take care of her. You go ahead, they need you down to Morgue, uh, Dr. Foster. Come to find out that the nurse is actually Mystique, which is some wild shit. Um, if you there is a limited series of X-Men called Man- Manifest Destiny when they first when they moved when they moved uh to the West Coast, and there's this sub-story with Mystique chasing the fuck out of Sissy Bobby and trying to kill him or whatever the fuck she was trying to do because they, they had dated at some point. It's a wild story. But I know that Mystique can be relentless. So basically, she tried, like, Mystique is like, I got you, I'm gonna kill you, blah, blah, blah. And Mora's like, you know, how can you? I thought it said, no, don't kill humans, you know, like, you know, y'all don't kill humans no more. And she's like, oh, just like that, just because you think you're not a mutant. Like, um, you know, I still, she still wanna give her that work. Mora um, throws a bunch of dirty syringes at her ass. I don't blame her, I would have the same thing. But then luckily, uh, Jane Foster transforms into Valkyrie, jumps in, tries to save Maura, Um, Mora basically jumps out of the fucking window, and then we switch back to Black Tom Cassidy outside of this thing with green vines and gunk all over it. And then so she steps out. It is a Wolverine claw, but it's like techno-organic, so it must be the phalanx, and we're really confused about what's going on, but Black Tom Cassidy is now dead. Um, we switch back to the hospital, more has jumped out of the hop jumped out and then somebody positively identifies her, um, on TV that she is identified as, uh, a world winning geneticist and associate of Charles Xavier and been missing and presumed deceased. Um, so now the CIA and excess are involved and Dolores Ram- Ramirez is trying to figure out all right, what's T, what's going on? What's this shit is? So like Maura's literally running through New Newark, New Jersey, trying to lay low. And so she's hiding and like, you know, going through places. She cuts her hair, dyes it. Um, cute little new look here for at Um, and then we switch back to the no place where Mora was, and I guess that Wolverine Phalanx looking dude is like sniffing around for her, but doesn't find anything. So now more than plain clothes, like a cop as she is. And she's walking around trying to hide. Even though she has this obvious techno-organic arm. You know, weird. But no one really notices. But then, um, so the CIA is looking for her. They're stopping every long-haired brunette white woman. Which is there. Uh, because brunette uh, white women are dangerous. Um, and, you know, she is sneaking around. And then she runs into this place called Epiphany. Which is... Which I'm gathering is some comparison to, like, Apple or, like, Microsoft or some, like, big tech company. Um, and then they're engaging, but, like, um, it's really awkward. Maura gets caught and then, well, she thinks she got caught. Well, she did get caught. And then she... Molly walks the cop, snatches his gun, shoots everybody in the fucking room, pretty much. Carjacks somebody, hijacks a bike. Maura's on a mission. Barry killed Bill, happy for this is really good, um, but we come to a data page about some guy named Shark Sharklander, which looks like his name is backwards to me. Like it should be backwards, but like it's just like it's a, like if the words are like jumbled, like that's not really his name. It's probably like it's an acronym for something else. Is that the word acronym? Yes, yeah, we'll say acronym for something else. But um, yes, and also a thing too. I'm going to go back and say too that during the time that. Uh, Mora was in the hospital when they found out she got her cancer diagnosis. She asked for Krakoa medicines, and she was just like, it's a wait list. So clearly the girls are buying the drugs, which is really interesting. So then we switched back to Krakoa, to the cradle. Jean Grey and Professor X are standing over Wolverine's body while they have him on his um temporal mission. And Jean's like, wait, something something's in the room. She's like, wait. And she realizes that it's a version of Wolverine has been affected with the phalanx, but no one is sure. And it ends
1: just like that.
0: Talk on accusations.
1: So um, I I vibe with Mystique when she called like old oh, girl out about the fact that you go you already consider yourself a human. Girl, it hasn't even been an afternoon. You haven't even been a human for hours. And you had mutants depowered by the decimation event who have always been a mutant, even without their powers. And at the first chance of the crucible, went through it. You have that as an option, sis. And you didn't even think to use it. So you you know officially where you stand. Um, Showtime. My only
3: uh, immediate question is Didn't Dolores, whatever her name is, from the exodus die? Didn't somebody kill her? Did I I miss that? Didn't that happen in Wolverine? Something happened to her in
0: Wolverine. I can't remember what, though. Something did happen to her. I can't remember, though. When I saw her, too, I was really confused. I was like, what is she doing here?
3: Because if that's the case, then that's probably Mystique.
0: Oh, remember, did she get killed? Didn't Maverick kill her?
3: Mm-hmm. Cause she oh, okay, was yeah. shot while talking to, I think, Wolverine or that so, uh, human Jeff guy. Bannister.
0: Jeff Banister. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a scam. Mystique is scamming.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mystique is scamming. Mm-hmm. I, won the I'm game. so
3: glad this Wolverine event is not about Wolverine.
0: Girl, I think everybody is. It, it, it's giving. Is giving what a with not no shade to to Miss Inferno she was that girl, but it's giving what they try to say Inferno was and this feels more like a sequel to Powers of X Powers of Ten and House of X to me because like it's really like yeah. they they they're going there and I'm kind of loving this.
3: It's giving what I ha- should have gave.
0: But I hate Wolverine being the like. Semi the focus of it, but not the focus of it. I, I tell you, just being in the marketing of it all because when I saw it, I was like, I'm not, I don't want to read this.
1: Can they just send uh-huh. Cyclops back instead? I, at this point, I think I would prefer if these events start centering someone like Cyclops because his and thing. I was like, that is true. Why do they only ever send back Wolverine? Is they it the healing factor? Consider, yeah, because the I think factor. they,
2: because I, I think it's kind of like a like the movie in Days of Future Past, he was the one that could heal and the only one that was, I guess, that was strong enough to handle that type of time travel and all that shit. I think that's the reason why they made him the focus.
0: And the thing is also, too, Stephen, that he is actually, he's not time traveling. They they are psychically and temporarily displacing him. So, like, they have to displace him in a body that he already is alive in during those times. So, like, he's alive during these time periods. Because so Nick is, like,
2: 200 he's, years old. He's i would say more so
1: in terms of like the one we just saw in um the death of uh, Wolverine. The, uh, so within this one, I thought they sent him back. Though I could be convinced that it's just they sent his mind back into a war, into a warlock um consciousness and he just reshaped himself in the form of Wolverine. That would be an interesting theory. Um, I hope they just go that route because no. just sending him back in time would be boring.
0: It's very days of the future past, they're just sending him back in his own body. They just they just chrono skimming him, I guess, to his own body. They're not wolverine Wolverine is 50 years older than Xavier.
1: So, like when no, they like back... this one, so I'm saying like it's the death of Wolverine's version. There's two Wolverines right now in the, in the continuity. Um, there's the yeah, one who's on the table right um, now being chrono skimmed and then there's the one that just popped up. And they're like, There's two of these motherfuckers. That's Wolverine, and he's like, I'm no one. You didn't see me. And he runs out. He's going to pro- potentially to go kill Myra. Um, but he's like, he's like all built up like a failings, And so that's me thinking like, okay, what the fuck is the failing situation going on right there? And there are definitely two Wolverines out and about right now.
3: That may We're have def- been a one sent back in time from the, the future, the powers of X future. The one with the library where he and uh, where he and librarian where he and Moira were in the mutant zoo that they had, which racist? Are
2: very racist. Are very racist. So you muckies,
1: you gene niggers.
0: It's
1: very racist. But yeah,
3: those two have the are the only two that have the blood type that they have. I don't know how or why that matters,
1: but I think that's a thing. Girl, fuck Myra, or maybe he's going to go stop Mystique. You never know. We'll see. One or the other. One or the other. Don't don't stop Mystique. Let
3: let Myra die because then you lock in that we keep the Krakoa era forever and we never get to lose this.
1: This is fantastic. I think that's the thing that might be they're arguing, is that something about Myra needs to exist. We'll see. We're, we're,
3: we're issue one. We'll see. Uh, also, we still don't know where danger is, by the way. Just FYI. I no idea, idea where she's bitch. That girl is metal. I, I was expecting to see her in a sword book,
1: just because Al Ewing likes to do wild and crazy shit like that.
3: So we might see her on X Men Red.
1: Hmm. I hope she's on a rock, let's, though. Let's hope. Love
0: that for
1: her. Okay, so That's what's it. next?
0: Uh, Black Panther number three. Uh, also Black Panther number 200. By our All region. Right. Yes, sir.
2: So let's get into it. So gonna catch people up briefly who haven't read the series so t'challa is back on earth after i guess taking over the intergalactic empire of wakanda and he comes back to Earth to find out that um, wakanda is now a parliamentary uh democracy they no longer need a um they no longer need a king um there's also some type of assassins that's taken out um uh, his personal network of sleeper agents and um uh one of his friends that was that his best friend that was a sleeper agent Jai was killed and uh the only person that was left alive was his lover um I don't even know how to say her name um a molo a something like that I'm gonna call her out but anyway um we start this book off with them getting attacked by these assassins. They armor up, get into quite a bit of a scuffle. Um, they're supposed to keep one of these, um, assassins alive for sure to do some type of research or something on them. Um, so they take out these, they take out all of these assassins. And then, um, T'Challa is saying that, um, they're probably attacking his sleeper agents to kind of draw him out. It's probably not about them, but just to draw him out, and that they needed to fall back. And they said that, he says he wants to head to Mars, which is where um, the X-Men, I guess, kind of come into play. Um, We skip to Wakanda, and Shuri, and um, Akali, Akali, who's the um, head of security or something for Wakanda, they're having a dialogue and he's saying that um, the new government needs um, a figure like um, like T'Challa. They need to bring him back and um, Shuri's saying that she'll make sure that she um, expresses his um, concerns to T'Challa. She contacts T'Challa, who's on this uh spacecraft and um basically is telling him about um the whole dialogue that was being had with him with her and um Akali um she's asking about the assassin if she's, um if they got um captured the assassin to bring to her and um, basically they T'Challa says that they failed in doing that and that they're um basically headed to Mars. So, we fast forward to um, Amolala and uh, T'Challa, kind of have a discussion about his friend that passed and um, him being a sleeper agent and he had his own life, he was an architect, Um, he was happy, and she asked if he was happy, and it was just a bunch of uh, emotional, I guess, sentimental shit. Um, so we get to Wakan, I'm, excuse me, we get to, um, Arako and, um, Amolala comments on how beautiful it is. Uh, was like, yeah, that's cute. You know, they did a cute job with this, you know, whatever, you know, very like underhanded with the comments. That's just, that's how it was written. <laughs> that's just me. But, um. He's greeted by Storm, Gambit, um, Rogue, and Gentle. and um, Gambit makes a comment that, um, well, first, Storm says it's good to see you. They have their little introduction, and then Gambit says he wants to make sure that um, he wasn't coming to break her heart again. All that shit, so it's still, I guess, some kind of hostility there. Um, Gentle, he's Saying that T'Challa's not welcome here, you know he wasn't welcoming um, Wakanda. So, why the fuck is he here? Um, uh, T'Challa said, "You left for on your own. You know, I'm sorry if you felt unaccepted in Wakanda, but the truth is that's on you." And Gentle's like, "You know, you you know do you know how they made me feel? And I felt I felt like a freak and a half breed." you know, just feeling very rejected. Then the next thing you know, he, you know, is increasing his size. He lashes out. He backhands the shit out of T'Challa. And uh, they have some sort of scuffle. He chokes him out. Storm intervenes. She's like, gentle, chill out. You know, this is you. He's saying that he hates them. She said, like, you don't hate anybody. Wakanda mistreated you, but, you know, you know, don't be like them. So, um, releases their grip, get rogue, and gambit carries gentle off. Um Storm's like, well, that's impressive because there's not a lot of people that get some the gentle skin like that. And um she says, Take my hand, we're gonna, you know, give you a proper welcome to Araco." So Storm and Tatala have this little great moment where they're looking out at, at the sunset and she's basically explaining her title as region of Morocco the voice of the solar system and she asked what he asked what's that mean and she's basically like oh well that means I had to pass out a new business card so basically she got a new job so um have a few smiles you know she's um bring um he brings up the loss of his friend and um He's saying he can't talk about it. She says, When we got back together, you know, we promised no secrets ever again. And he's saying that it's not, you know, that he's being secretive or anything, but he's trying to work through it. And, you know, he's, you know, being in her presence just lifts his sadness and they share this really, you know, passionate kiss or whatever. And then um, she says she has some Regis stuff to do. And in her storm fashion, she flies away. So Gentle walks up and he says that I I hope I didn't hurt you in any type of way, and then T'Challa says no, you had to make it look good so they obviously planned this whole scuffle or whatever and um, he tells Gentle that he's shutting down the um, the sleeper program and that includes all agents including him so uh, Gentle is a sleeper agent for um, uh, T'Challa and he's like, "Why? I'm ready to die for you." And he explains to him that someone knows about the program, and um, basically, um, his you know explaining to him what happened, how um, his best friend was murdered, all of that stuff. And um, they end the book with um, both of them sharing some type of they share a big embrace. They have a big embrace so they they hug and it's that's that's how the story ends. So it really wasn't much to this book as I thought it was going to be. We find out that um Gentle is a sleeper agent, Storm and T'Challa had both worked through their issues and they're now a couple again, which I hope th- th- this is this is the last time we have to deal with this shit. But <laughs> But, um, all in all, it wasn't bad. just um it just wasn't as uh, basically, Totta just used um Arako as a place to lay low from the assassins, and that's basically all that it was. So that's concerns, ideas, anything like that.
1: <laughs> so, I was right. <laughs> Black Panther is definitely an op um. And it's very much like people always just go like, oh, T'Challa would never turn his adopted son into a splinter agent. I was like, he was a splinter agent from his father. So, like, I don't know why I think he'd be above it. Um, especially now how he acting after he was like, wow, you were a slave once. Get over it.
2: Yeah, I don't care for that. Because I'm like, with all the abuse that gentle ones has went through, now he's a fucking sleeper agent. I'm like, right? that's not, that's not how... It was just very like I don't even, I don't even know if I want to use the word counterintuitive, but yeah, like yes. it's just it's just it's just crazy because it's like I mean I get it, you know I guess he's somebody that you could trust, but also it's like you're not taking his trauma into consideration either because you know even though Jean pulled that from him, you know in X Men Red it's still the fact that, you know, he has that type of relationship with his family where he was basically abused. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could pull the pain away, but, I mean, you still have a memory. You know what I'm saying? So, right. like, for him to be put in a situation like that, I just don't feel like that's healthy. And, any, I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a psychologist, but it doesn't seem
3: healthy. On top of that, you're lying to your ex-wife that you're now trying to get back with. So you're okay. starting off this relationship, again, under the guise of a lie, because you're lying to her by omission, mm-hmm. and forcing your, uh, your adopted son, or whatever, to, to also lie to her, his adopted mother, hmm, hmm.
2: It's just weird. It's just weird. Like you did all that work to get her back, just to do the same shit that caused your marriage to get annulled in the first place. That's what niggas do.
1: Legit, he survived twelve years of slave situations to get back to Storm. Storm was his guiding light through that shit. I definitely appreciated
3: Gambit w- rolling up like, "Hey, bruh fuck with fuck with Storm if you want to. You won't just have her. I'm here too." I was like, respect.
1: That's my good. People forget
2: Gambit. Gambit is uh, Gambit is is that's the big brother right there. That's the big brother. Like, ain't nobody fucking with her.
1: Ain't nobody. Brother that that she kissed just once, just once. She she
2: twice, twice because she did it randomly in X Men Gold, that horrible ass series for some fucking reason that was never brought up again. But it was twice.
0: I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I don't like gentle being a motherfucking double agent. I don't like that. I don't like mm-hmm. I, I don't like I don't like T'Challa and Storm being together. I don't like it. Like and then and then like you know like you know like come on sis you don't let him back in your house after he keep running from the law. That makes you an accessory. <laughs> like come on, like come on, that's that's like black woman one on one. Come on, Storm. Like cookie,
1: Storm. don't take the don't it's your $10 million start this damn company, man. Boy, what are you right. doing? Don't, you, so, you, gotta don't take you, just, you gotta
0: put yourself first, You, just, you first gotta put yourself first, this just. right, like for real. Like, I just, I was like, girl, you let him back in. And then, gentle to him being like, he's a, he's a double agent, but I was like, girl.
1: It's like, like so Wakanda has never been there for Gentle, we know that. But also, this moment oh. of Wakanda has never been there for Storm ever. I would help on that every single yeah. time. And I'm also like, he shouldn't have to earn his anything for Wakanda, ever. Gentle should just be done with that shit. In fact, I was happy, I was hoping that it wasn't going to split to agent. It was so obvious the moment it happened, because I was like, why is Gentle cussing out T'Challa? And I was like, they better sell this moment, because they want me to really believe it, because I, I don't believe this is Gentle. He is, he does he, he owes everything to T'Challa, to T'Challa, and now you got him, like, he was a candidate to be a member of the X-Men. Right? So what would the story have been if he was a spy, a member of the X-Men, for a flat-skinned country that is actively antagonistic towards Krokoa and Morocco?
0: It's weird. Like... Go ahead.
2: Sorry, but that's um, Gentle's dumbass fault. I'm sorry, but he's stupid, because there's no way. If you are are, uh, an entire fucking what, country, state, whatever the fuck they are, An entire, like, whatever is treating me like shit and then I'm going to be a sleeper agent for you? Like, what the fuck do I look like? I'm not that desperate to be. If y'all motherfuckers don't fuck with me, I'm definitely not going to be a sleeper agent for you to protect you.
3: So, something that just occurred to me because my high-ass brain is making connections in this way. Two countries are actively spying on Krakoa. Actively. With, with sleeper agents. Wakanda and the Russians have Colossus.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. yeah. They do. They do. There's gonna be more nigga. I'm sure Liberia has somebody that they have sent somehow, some way, magically or otherwise. And watch it be pixie. Um, <laughs> to spy on Krakoa. Y'all niggas are trying it. I'm tired of this. Get your, your um your your shit together, beast. Let Sage run your, your, um your wet works bullshit. It's,
1: it's giving yeah. Judas the Black Messiah.
2: Oh, he definitely has a Messiah complex. He has a Savior mm-hmm. complex for sure. But yeah, this whole thing giving me indigestion, and I don't like it.
1: I can't blame Gentle though, because like he suffered so much abuse. Of course, he's going to be very really codependent with mm-hmm. the man who saved him from the abuse, and plus mm-hmm. that's his king. Plus, Wakandans are just like that. It's not. I can't really blame him for like falling into all of this when all T'Challa is doing is just reiterating his abuse, taking advantage of him. Like that's just the fundamental of what's going on. But that's also what makes T'Challa so fucked up. That's how I know if Storm finds out that's what he did on some Shadow King shit is not the relationship is going to be over and done with permanently. Yeah, because uh, I'm T'Challa very and interested. Wakanda. To, um, to... Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: So, yeah, I was gonna say it's Charlie and Wakanda would definitely have to gargle my nuts. You
0: know...
3: Well, speaking um... of
0: indigestion, like, go
3: ahead. Uh, showtime. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Um It's just very interesting that um, they're going to give us a. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The piece that I was interested in is seeing the. Wakandans that aren't interested in the the um, the advanced technology living, they want to just live real mad, simple lives, not be connected to all this bullshit and think that they're better than and holier than thou, seeing how that plays a role in um, how Wakanda is going to appear to out- outside countries because this is now the first time that that group has been given any power in
1: Wakanda.
0: Yeah. It should be good. It should be great.
1: I'm only gonna we're only gonna ever bring up this situation in regards to Storm and Gentle. All right. So everyone <laughs> I hope you're not getting used to talking about T'Challa because Wakanda hates mutants. And so that's just gonna be that's where the curtain falls. Um hopefully I know gentle's gonna appear again at least once, and Storm's gonna appear again at least once. Um So we're going to have to be talking about it a bit more later. But for right now, I just know that, you know, I'm not in love with this version of T'Challa, but I know why it exists and I respect its right to exist. Right. I just am not excited for the moment where he goes, I made so many mistakes. Oh, my God. Why was I so foolhardy? If only I had listened to this wonderful goddess, my ex-wife. I was so you're doing the same exact shit, bro.
0: I kind of feel like T'Challa is a Wakandan podcaster. He probably sits around and he just like, you know, Storm was a was a woman that could hand that had the right lock for my key. And as I know an that
1: alpha male
0: as a- <laughs> I know that I know that lock wasn't all stretchy because she ain't got no kids. So I know she living right. Yeah, I feel like I feel like like T'Challa's a misogynist and dangerous. I'm not here for it.
1: Fuck him. Remember we how he talked? To fucking spectrum that one time
0: he's rude as fuck i mean i think i think people i think people need to i think people this is the problem this is you know what i didn't we we're gonna talk about that woman but i'm gonna talk about that woman because i don't like her mr Chala. i don't like her and this is my issue i think people don't realize that imagine black people and i and i, and I say this with a grain of salt and, and not in a way that's disarming imagine black people living in a world where they did not experience colonial co- colonialism and how empowered they may be, and putting them in a room with people who are like them, who have experienced colonialism. I think people don't realize, like as great as Wakanda may appear to be fictionally, that there is a disconnect between Wakandan uh, black folks and non-Wakandan black folks. Mm -hmm. And I think that like in their exchanges, like, cause I know good and goddamn well, that T'Challa would not have spoken to a Okoye or Ndor Milaje like that. But you go outside of up country and start berating motherfucking black women who, see, I can't with him. I can't with, I don't like that one. I don't like him.
1: This is I, I something like I'm him. waiting to discuss because I, don't I have like a lot that of points.
0: I don't, like, I don't like Black Panther or
1: T'Challa. I like you know, T'Challa. Like, I like Ta-Nehisi t- uh T'Challa. Yeah, lot bro, I
0: can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. But since we're, since we're continuing through terrible things, do you want to go to the circuit party?
1: Yes, let's get started on the circuit party. Okay, okay. Are you ready? Are you fine? Are you sexy? Let's keep it that way. Welcome okay, to the we circuit have a, party. Like, we have
0: a disclaimer. We have a disclaimer. You chose this topic.
1: I choose every one of the circuit parties. This is not a disclaimer moment. Everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Of dusk. Uh uh-uh. uh.
3: Vontae and I have,
1: have both uh, picked one apiece. You have picked the circuit party, and I have I have given you the floor. This is the purview of table dusk, where the arts, culture, history, and law is overseen. That's all I'm saying. They when you when you assume someone had a circuit party, who do you think is gonna do it? It's table dusk. Now, as I said. I have chosen. No, I
2: some to put on.
1: So today's circuit party is about Judgment Day. That's why they're being assholes about it. So we're going to be <laughs> discussing the revelation that has come that the X Men will be taking part in Judgment Day. And races as Druid, probably owned slaves. Let's be honest. Said to the face of the wider X Men audience in a way that completely polarized. Everyone against the Eternals simultaneously. We forgot some deviance. We never did anything about the mutants. So thoughts, concerns, accusations. How do we feel about Judgment Day? What is our purview as a council regarding how we move in relationship with the Avengers and Eternals going to war?
3: The Krakowans are like... I'm sorry, the mutants are like family. So when you come for Krakoa or Arako, that's like coming for your brother and your sister. We can talk shit about them for all their issues and their fuck-ups, but don't you dare bring your shit over here because we're going to get you the fuck up out of our face. Don't come for our fucking mutants.
2: And um, the Avengers, nobody asked them to do shit. Nobody need them to come over and put their two cents in shit. They always doing that shit. Nobody asked for y'all asses to come over and you know, oh, we heard we heard it was a disturbance. No, we don't need y'all top asses over here in mutant business. We need y'all to find something else to do. Y'all need to be worried about Thanos. Y'all need to be worried about some infinity stone out there that's been captured by some crazy ass supervillain. Why y'all in mutant business? This literally they got the
3: Phoenix over there for some right. stupid ass reason
0: this letter this literally better be like a team isolated book where it's just the X-Men actual team not cuz the, the thing that I that I don't like is that they still keep treating the X-Men like they're not a nation they are a nation of people a nation the avengers is are a team of 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 contractors working together try to make it happen the eternals are some poor people that live out on in the galaxy somewhere i don't know poor people i don't speak poor um, but it's like outside of that, like the X, the, the Krakoans are a nation is, are these the X-Men or are these the, these Krakoans? Cause if it's the X-Men, then I'm like, okay, this might be a little interesting, a team, a team situation. But, but I tell you this, if it's, if it's like not all of them on one side against one thing. And if, if Icarus so much as blink as they look at anybody crazy, they are just call to say hey Rocco's on a hotline do you want to do this
1: listen you guys are so fucking rude that's all i'm going to say you're saying there's some people out in fucking space the eternals are a country they run a government <laughs> they have a whole government system it might only be like a hundred of those motherfuckers but still 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 henry Give it respect, respect. All I'm saying is just give them a little bit of respect, just a tiny bit. Say, I can see this being an exciting battle between people who can actually look eye to eye with mutant kind and go, I see you, sis. And they turn around and say, I see you, sis, too. You got your little dress on. And then like they might not like each other. They're not gonna like each other, but you can keep it cordial. They can see each other across the aisle and give a little nod.
0: They are a a government to a galactic operation. They these niggas are between the Shiar Empire to Earth. Like, do they really want to do this?
1: The Eternals really create their own planet. They uh they they literally legitimately did that. They um terraformed the planet. That's how we got Thanos in the first place. Thanos is an Eternal. What I knew uh. that mutants are
2: an entire fucking network in itself. So yeah, like, I don't know if I it comes it. down to, yeah, yeah, so if it comes down to like actual like combat and shit like that, it's like we have to remember that Icarus contacted the X-Men that he called, he rang that phone to help him combat uh-huh. some motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? So if we want to be realistic about it, Icarus and Eternal
1: knows the capabilities of an X-Men and know that they don't fuck around. See, and that's why I'm also like that because, you know, with the Inhumans and the Avengers, they, truthfully, they underestimated the X-Men when they went up against them. Icarus went to them. He was about to go up against a team of Eternals by himself. He said, can y'all come help me out? I need backup. I can't be fighting these dudes by myself. Yes, you know, so Y'all together, compounded together, working as one, you can take on a team of Eternals, and they did. Uh, And they pulled that shit off. And, like, the they have... The Eternals do routinely annihilate civilizations. Um, they kill the entire they kill Deviants by hordes. Um, and in just last issue of the Eternals, which you know spoilers cuz you know some of y'all might not be expecting to hear spoilers about the Eternals on this podcast, but they <laughs> and Thanos with a team of six other of Eternals invaded a country of Eternals, of Deviants and annihilated those motherfuckers with some doomsday machines. It was fascinating. And, you know, this whole situation, the Avengers are only involved because the Eternals are instigating war with them. Ajax is being a little fucking twat, okay? That's all she's doing. She's like, I don't like the Eternals. I don't like the fact they live in it. It's celestial. And Druid is just like, I don't fuck with the mutants because they're not eternal. And they're also assholes. They beat my ass. I'm just saying that that's it. I'm saying it'll be a good little fight. I enjoy it. I like the Eternals. I know that's my bias. But can you look me in the eye and say that the Eternals going up against the X-Men is not an enthralling concept?
0: Yeah, because I want them to beat their asses. Oh, sorry. That was violent. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: I I can't I can't sit there and say that it's not a interesting uh, concept to have the X-Men and the Eternals go against one another. But at the same time, it's still a little random to me. I mean, I can understand Druid being a part of it, but I don't know. It's just... it's just, I, I just don't know how it's going to turn out.
1: I don't think the main Eternals... Like, when I think of the Eternals who probably won't take part in that will probably side with the X-Men or something. I think Icarus wouldn't take part of it. I think Cersei wouldn't take part of it. I wouldn't think Thena would take part of it. And I think Kingo would side with the Eternals, I feel like. And Gilgamesh would potentially side with the Avengers because Gilgamesh is, to his heart, anti-Eternal all the way. Um, But fundamentally, I think those three would go over to the X-Men and side with them. Um, But at the same time, I do think I want to see Thanos fight Apocalypse, finally. I want that to happen so bad, and See, this
3: is off the awful part of me because I know that fight, Thanos, is going to win. I just want to see Genesis standing there watching her husband
1: be mediocre and have to take over the fight. I want to see Gamora try to square up with uh, Eska the Unbeaten and get her ass beat. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's just so many great moments that could come from this. I want to see Cersei fight Emma and Celine. Uh, I want to see the I want to see the horseman of the apocalypse face off against the Black Order. Um, there's so many many things that can happen that would just be glorious that I think will be so fun through this. This is just a fun thing. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I think it will be completely entertaining to watch the the, the fight. I really also want to see Storm get some more merits on her badge by facing off against Eternals. Because I think, I do hopefully believe that the Eternals, the the female Eternals in particular, are of an equivalent to Storm on a power scaling thing. Mostly... No, go ahead.
2: I was just about to say, because I know you had did, like, a thing on um, Twitter saying, um, who do you think will win in a fight? Like, Storm and, um, um, or Macari and it was another person that was supposed to go against Ajax tag teaming her or whatever well I don't know about Ajax but I do know that Storm I would like to see her go against Bakari just for the simple fact it's like her her senses when it comes to air it's so like I want to see her reaction time to shit because Makari ain't no slouch and I think it'd be a good feat for Storm too if she went up against Bakari
1: it's just such a good thing, mostly also because they're the high priest of the celestials. So I'm like the high priest going up against the goddess. I want to see it happen. Um, mm-hmm. it would just be a very delicious moment. I do also, I think everyone keeps thinking about that moment in X3 where Storm had to fight that speedster who's basically wasn't she like supposed to be like who was, was she supposed cool to it be? Was, it, was was cool cool it was cool. It was cool Yeah ill but just, yeah i want to see that weird. moment revisited because i'm like speedsters wouldn't do very well against storm because she can sense energy and like literally like i, I really appreciate the movie for pointing that out that a speedster for a speedster to she's like i can feel vibrations that's how i know where i'm going in the first place storm does like the it. same shit
2: storm like literally senses the disruption in the air So it's like her reaction time, too, is like, I think it has something to do with electricity. It causes her to react quickly when you have the right one, when you have the right writer. But with that combination right there, I'm pretty sure that she could could handle herself. But they definitely need to revisit that. Or recreate that moment.
1: Yeah, I think this is a good moment to also let the omegas flex. Like, I... I don't think it'll be easy war per se to go up against the X Men, but I do think the Eternals would fully throw everything they got, all every member of their team, at the X Men, just to see what would happen. I do want a moment where the lineup is just the Omega stepping up and like going to handle the shit, um, just so you can see and scale what's the difference between an Alpha B, like Polaris and Magneto.
2: Definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. But you know mm-hmm. the the girls won't always agree with me. I think Henry is actually will actually be excited to get introduced to the Eternals. I think by proxy of having to justify um, his little arguments against the Eternals when it comes down to it, he will finally pick up the Eternals book and secretly start to read them, even if it's just a hate on them from a distance. I just want to say,
0: I'm not like these degeneration X girls. I don't hate watch or hate read anything. Mm-mm. I'm like Kim Contrail. I won't do nothing if I'm not enjoying myself.
1: You will thoroughly. It's the thing. Is that I know because you like the Transformers, you will like the Eternals. You will like the Eternals. It's not a bad comic. It's a terrific comic. That last issue was fucking orgasmic. You hear that? You will. It, it was. You right. will.
3: It's very. <laughs> it's very rapey though. It very, it, very off- it's very really, very. It's
0: it's giving, <laughs> it's giving. It's giving. It's giving Umar Johnson energy. Like, donations, donations, donations. No one's reading that.
1: Yes. Yes. When (laughs) Thanos looked old dude in the face and said, oh, you're an artist, too. I'm an artist as well, of death, but, you know, still an artist. But I dabble in criticism. Let's take a look at your little moment right here. This is so cute. But what you need to understand is that nothing is eternal, nothing except for Thanos. And no, I'm not going to kill you because that's actually generosity. I'm going to let your girlfriend come in here and let her knife your ass up. And it's going to be so funny to me. Have fun, baby, and left. That you were, was a you beautiful are, moment.
0: You Thanos are a is, master. That's why you like this stuff? I don't like
1: that. It doesn't excite you, you. So when Apocalypse is getting into his boots, right? You don't ever stand for it. You ever stand for the moments he just goes like, "You're not me." You're because Apocalypse,
0: because Apocalypse is a real man.
1: Apocalypse mm-hmm. is a
0: real man. Thanos is a woman. Like Thanos chasing at the dead pussy. Fuck Thanos. <laughs> You know you you know your choice you know you know your choices you know you know you a motherfucking simp when Deadpool talk you out of pussy bitch like Deadpool fucking took his woman so I don't want to hear nothing about no fucking Thanos being this god where you can't like 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 let me let me tell nah since we let, let the record show that that motherfucking insufferner got got dick so good his woman waited for him for eternity for him to come back to Amen to come back she. I know he'll come back to me when he when she when he sees this pussy. And and Genesis knew. Death was like, nah, I'm gonna go with the
3: crazy Ooh, nigga
0: with the I'm star gonna, skin. And that let's not also forgive, Let's not also forget.
2: He slang that. <laughs> 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 he, was like, he threw it with Moira. He stroked right. it. He stroked right. it. And the next thing you know, she's dressing just like him. She got inspired by right. the thing, Richter, hey, hey, we talk hey, about, hey, I will never hey.
1: criticize polymorphine, all right? I will never do that. You know me. I am a, I'm a part of the apocalypse hive. I have been the last year and a half since he concluded x Swords.
0: This source. nigga has an affinity gauntlet. He can't even, he can't even fuck women right.
1: Oh, These kids hate, hate his ass. And,
0: this is skin and bones, Sydney. This is skin and bones. <laughs>
1: Listen, but he I mean, he's doing, doing so on? much great work with him in the Eternals that I'm like, I've always hated Thanos. I'm gonna be real. I've never liked him as a villain. He's always felt like far flung. And I'm like, I prefer reading Dark Side. Like, you know, if I'm gonna get like that energy from a character, I'm gonna read Dark Side. In the Eternals, there's something about the whimsy he takes to his personality among the insanity of the other Eternals where you go, oh, so that's where you get it from. And it actually fits in here when you're in a race of people who are also just like that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, it, he's
3: he's not lying. I'm just gonna say because I've been reading it and been like, God damn, this fucking story
1: is interesting as shit. Fuck. I want to find out the writer has any books out, like, because generally the writers are doing a lot of good work with these characters, honestly. And you know, we will always applaud great artists and great writers, even when we're dragging the other ones. <laughs> so I'm I'm giving respect. But I'm also saying the Eternals are also worth their due. They are a great people. Even though some of them just became black. Well, no. Fastos was originally the only black Eternal. And then they kind of just retconned him to be white. Like they did, you know, our homeboy Sunspot. Yeah, that's what happened. Fastos has always been black. And hey, you want
0: me to read? All right. It's been a lovely show. Thank you all for coming out
1: to KRK Radio. Right it's explained in <laughs> series that sometimes the Eternals get resurrected in a different race or g- different gender. And that's what oh happens God. every so often. Is that they just get resurrected as something different. But they're not human. and They're not racially anything. So it's just like the safe file just gets quote unquote corrupted and they just come back different.
0: Oh.
1: It's not like so some Psylocke shit. Because if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. Psylocke. We can talk about so, it all damn.
0: So, so so basically so so basically they they are mega sentibles. Got it.
1: True. I also want to see Athena fight Psylocke, but just because I know she, Psylocke might lose that fight, and then Rogue. Psylocke is sin. going to lose that fight. What? She's Quanin. You know she's going through shit right now, right?
0: I'm, no, I'm, I'm like, like Quanin. Quan, she called your baby ugly. Mm, so the a
1: wrap. <laughs> After that, I think so maybe Ashley ugly. Maybe she might be upset Kingo. about that
2: damn baby. That's Don't job. bring That's
1: the true. children and leave the children out. was She's down bad. You never. One thing they writers love to do: the humble female character is kill their baby and watch them go into turmoil. But then,
3: it, didn't didn't trial of Joseph give us the ability to bring that baby back anyway? The baby <laughs> is a mutant. Oh, the baby wasn't a mutant.
1: That's unfortunate, damn Poor girl. Man. It do be like that sometimes, though. It really do. She it gave, truly be. She gave like
0: birth that. to a scan. That's what she get.
1: But here's well, my thing. W- I'm like, why can't she? J- this is like us is editorializing a solution, but I'm like, can Gene just go into his head and like rip out the memory of the genetic sequence? Like, yeah, the genetic material is dead, but like, he you guys clone things all the time from like genetic code. I mean, it's possible you could do it. Um. And it's not like it's going to be bad cloning, I feel like. I think it'll be good cloning. Because you can't argue that it's a bad clone. The baby has no memories. It never was born. And <laughs> hindsight, Quan and tripping. She big tripping. Get over yeah. it, sis. It's just a cluster of cells that didn't even have a life. Wow, wow wow. <laughs>
2: interesting. wow, wow, interesting. Wow, 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 very, very insensitive, wow. Steven. Wow, you try,
0: you try, you try to get us, you try to get us uh, canceled.
2: Wow,
1: seriously, we ain't even get started yet. <laughs> wow, I do think Rogue would be wow. in his ass, and I'm also looking forward to that. Rogue needs more moments, actually. That's what I hope happens after Judgment Day. I hope this is the segue into Rogue stepping her pussy up. Full throttle. Wow! I hope at the center of Judgment Day, they put Rogue.
2: Mm.
1: I hope she spearheads that entire mission. As someone who is... Actually, she's the only member of the team who has been an Avenger.
2: No, Sunfire's been an Avenger. Wolverine's been an Avenger.
1: Do we count? Avengers? All right, let's be real. Do we count Laura and Sunfire as having iconically been Avengers? you yeah, because she's was in the Avengers Academy, right? Avengers Academy barely counts. That's her training to be an Avenger. That's not her being an Avenger. I'm
2: talking about Logan. Logan
1: well, yeah, Logan. But I'm talking about members of the actual X-Men right now, like as in the comics, the comic series, who will probably get a tie-in to the situation. Oh. Because again, they haven't explained that shit yet about how they're going to do it. I feel like maybe we're not we won't be getting Arako, but I do feel like we will be getting Apocalypse as a tie-in to the situation, just because it's applicable. Like I feel like it needs to happen.
3: Apocalypse versus Thanos has has to happen, but um, in salvador is not going to win that fight. I'm so sorry, Oof, sweetie. You know what? Well, well at least he got resurrected.
0: I, I rather I rather get I rather have a man to get his ass beat with good dick than the man who can fight with bad dick. I said it. I, I mm. said it. I said it, and I ain't changing on it, Candy.
1: Listen, I I honestly do think Apocalypse might win the fight against Thanos. I think Apocalypse wins. will
0: win. I, I think Apocalypse will win too, honestly. I
1: don't think in his resurrection, win. once he retapped into his magic, once he did through all this stuff. I think after the events of X of Swords in particular, he is now ready and willing to prove that he's the strongest. He beat Genesis. He beat um, Annihilation. I'm like, you gotta, he gotta. There's no you can't beat Genesis and lose to Thanos.
0: But is not like a like isn't like Thanos like doomed to always lose or something?
1: he's doomed to always survive. So it's not that he loses, it's the fact that he does not get the one thing he wants that he inflicts on all things. Like when he says the only thing in life is eternal is Thanos, that's him actually being really negative at himself. Because he wants nothing more than to return to death, but because he is by nature of who he, like in species, he is eternal, he can never be with her. And so he inflicts death upon others so that they may return to her herself
3: so he he's is he still banished from her the realm of death altogether?
1: I think so, yeah,
3: okay, so then um somehow somebody quote unquote killed him and he got sucked into the actual eternal resurrection process that yeah came, that's how he came to the eternals in the first place to then eventually become the prime eternal um, yeah. sorry, spoiler um. So you so can't, he's, mm. he's never going to fucking die because he's yeah. always just going to be resurrected.
1: Always. Yeah. And if he wasn't resurrected, he would just be excluded, which is a thing in the Eternals where you're removed from the resurrection protocols of the machine, which is basically being in the hole, but they torture you while you're in there. The Eternals don't fuck around. They are really, really, they're dickheads. And that's the fun part about the Eternals, that they're all dickheads. All
2: oh, right, well, y'all will get along. Oh, right. right. I feel like
1: is there is there a Hello Eternals or Hello Polaris? Yeah, we have. Yeah. So I just, you know, if there's a, a Hello Eternals or Hello Polaris out there. Just hit us up. You know, we'll fight to the death. Um, and then come back afterwards and talk about it. Um, but that's all for the circuit party for today. Yes.
0: Thank God. Thank God.
1: Mm-hmm. Y'all love it. Y'all Thank Apollo.
0: Thank Apollo that this is over. I'm so sorry we had to put you all through that.
1: You know, sometimes my feelings truly get hurt. You know? And I don't know. What, what's what's coming up next week, honestly? <laughs> what's I don't know what the comedy we're, we're checking out next week. What is it? I, I
0: don't even know. I I, well, I, know, I know like I know, so. I know I know I know Ten Lives of Wolverine is next week because that's a weekly book.
1: Mm. Um, oh, Sabretooth is this week.
3: Ooh, your daddy is oh ooh.
0: Ooh. Ooh. ooh, Smegmarama is coming up. Ow, yeah, girls, get your get your get your spreadables yeah. and your crackers. We're going, we yeah. going go to smack, we're going to smack bill next week, girls. Yeah. Oh, also, shit.
1: excellent. Um, excellence coming out, but I don't know uh, about, about, about that.
0: Uh, it's about ecstatics. Hmm. Those like that, that, that ugly X men. actually the ugly X Force team. Oh. The, the, uh, oh. the guy who would throw up on people that terrible artwork. i'm a, i'm I'm a but things are so bad like those are great characters. They just need to be like ramped. yeah,
1: recontextualized, yeah, it's yeah. it's possible to save characters like that. It's just it requires big moments. but I do trust the X, X team. maybe I might check it out for a bit and then like report back on, you know if guys is, is that top or a flop, you know <sighs> um, but yeah, that's all. Yeah,
0: that's all. That's all we have, and you know, it's been a great show, and we hope to see you guys uh, next week.
1: Hopefully. Make sure you follow Hello PRKA Radio, um, answer our quote retweets, um, send a uh, response to our thirst post, um, follow all of our personal accounts, and support us. Send us love, send us satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Tell everyone that Steven Blackwood is always right. Thank you. <sighs>
3: Uh, And don't at me um, in his foolishness,
1: please. Thank you. This has been KRKA Radio. Uh, Coming back to you next week. So long.